Welcome to the Republican Professor. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Chris Ty, for his second time. Thanks for being here, Chris. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Always nice to hang out with you, Lucas. Gosh, I feel like we're on the radio now or something because you have a really nice microphone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a podcast. I still do, technically. I have two, actually. And um, I have a business coach, and he's like, hey, look, there's two things you need to know when it comes to making videos or whatever. It's sound and lighting. Uh Uh-huh. Those are the two most important things whenever you do, whenever you record. So um, probably a little over a year ago about this microphone. And um, I use it quite often, actually. So I I like it. What kind of microphone is it? What's the brand name? I I think it's called Shure. S-H-U-R-E-7. That's a good good kind, yeah. It was like 250 bucks or something like that. But I figure if I buy one, I'm never going to have to buy one again, you know, for a while anyway. Right. So, um, but yeah, it's been a good microphone and. Um, I've had several podcasts, been a guest on a few with it. And, um, sometimes I'll record, um, some YouTube videos or Instagram type stuff, uh, for the business. And I, I use the microphone. It just sounds really good. Yeah. So the last time we had you on, we went in your background, uh, mm-hmm. for police officer and military and, and a bit, uh, on your construction. Actually, I think you had like a real estate business in washington yeah property management quite a bit has changed in the last year actually it's been about what 14 months something like that but that yeah 15 yeah Mm -hmm. so what's going on in chris thailand now well so since then uh we sold the property management company it's just too difficult uh we had two companies going on at the same time both were very young companies and to be in a startup mode for two companies at the same time is was not easy. Yeah. And um my wife was a supporting spouse and she jumped in to help out, but it wasn't what she wanted to do. And it got to a point where she was actually handling the business, the property management side, because I was so focused on the construction side. And after a while, we're like, let's just let's just sell this thing because um she's not happy. Um you know, it was stressful for me because I was trying to bounce between the two and make customers happy. So, uh, we found someone who was willing to buy our contracts in Washington and that closed on December 1st of 2022, which was nice. Um, and now I get the one business to focus on. So yeah, since, you know, that was one thing. The other thing is I can't remember what month we had the podcast, but, uh, we decided to move to Houston. And so, um, was I, do you remember? No, I was in Washington still when we had the last podcast. So I moved to Houston, we sold a house, we bought a house, we sold a company, moved a household. Um, I had to make the drive twice and we did that all within 90 days from decision to, um, fully executing the plan was three months. So, um, you know, that was, uh, Linda and my military training of coming up with a plan, uh, executing adapting as crap comes up which a lot did and um making it home here in houston so we've been here for a year now actually actually a week next week it'll be a year we'll be here nope i lost your sound have you ever lived in um one place for more than four years uh yeah well 
yeah, well, it de depends. So, yes, in San Diego area, I lived there for a while, but we didn't live in the same house for more than a couple of years. We moved around a lot. Uh, our last house we lived in for five years, and then before that was Hawaii. I lived there for a while, but we also moved around different houses and stuff. So, yeah, move, moving has been quite you know part of our story, and we're trying to change that. <laughs> we're hoping that this is the last move for a long time. Oh, that's good. I'm glad to hear yeah. that. For yeah. a lot of my uh, my military friends that grew up in the military or whatever, it just feels like around every four years they have a new opportunity. And mm -hmm. I, I wonder how much of that is in the genetics of growing up and just getting used to moving. And it, I like, would say it's part of it. Getting bored. You know, yeah, I it, I do get bored. It was it was a struggle in Hawaii because you know I, I remember at one point I was I don't want to say stuck on the island, but I had not left Oahu in over two years, and that's a long time, man. Yeah, to be honest, I mean I didn't even go to any of the other islands, so that was a bit rough. But yeah, yeah. you know, a little boring because I do like adventure. I like exploring and yeah. going to like even still i've been here for a year but i've been so busy i haven't really explored so whenever i drive to a new place it's fun for me yeah so we just have to figure out what that thing is will that will satisfy that um desire to explore um and i think it's the answer is just more vacations and driving and and seeing things we haven't seen before yeah that's a good point without moving <laughs> yeah. so what when you had the two businesses and you decide to sell how many hours a week were you working? And be uh, ge be generous. Don't don't cut down. Don't cut cut any. Make, yeah. Say the say the full amount. Uh, are you talking about a week or a day? Both. Um. Either one. So you know, it, it never. Well, okay. I did a time study on myself for like five weeks, hmm. and although, for example. I was at the gym working out. Mm -hmm. I'm still working because I got yeah. team members asking me questions. I'm looking at Google Drive and my phone, answering emails in between my workout sets and whatnot. So I'm still working. I'm just doing two things at once. Right. Um, yeah. When I that, go that to, counts, yeah. yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I went to, um, like I go to Lifetime Fitness and I'll go sit in the jacuzzi. Well, I'm relaxing, but at the same time, I'm still working, right? I'm still answering, hey, Chris, what about this and that? So, um, if well, it's like count... a working, it's like a working lunch. People say a working lunch, you're having exactly. lunch, but you're talking yeah. about yes. business. So that that counts as work. Yeah. It's, it's being efficient. Right. So mm -hmm. if you count all of that, I tend to do a good, you know, I could do a 12 hour day easily, Yeah, you know, uh, 10 hours easy. But, you know, I could be sitting and watching TV and my mind is still going and I'm thinking about, okay, what's the solution to this problem? And I'm exploring different things yeah. or like last week I had a presentation I had to give at this Builders Expo and I was sitting in my chair oh, going over that go? my presentation. It went well. Um, now, you know, it was, we signed up late. So it was the last hour on the last day. So not many people showed up because everyone is like, I'm out of here. But, um, you gotta, you gotta have free pizza. That's how you get people in the door. Yeah, I guess I got to make it a little bit more interesting next Donuts. time. But the <laughs> presentation itself went well. I wasn't there speaking for myself. I was speaking on behalf of a company that I use. So I was there really to give my testimony. Um, and they were, the feedback I got from them 
was really encouraging. So uh, for that, it, it went really well. Um, but it was also practice because there's other things I got to speak at um, here in the next couple of weeks that um, I'll shorten the, you know, make a shorter version of this presentation for that particular one. So, but um, anyway, things like that just kind of keep my mind going and I'll sit in my chair, watch TV, but I'm in my mind, I'm practicing my speech. Yeah. So um, you'd say it's fair to say it's 12 hour days. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's being generous. I mean, like I know like people that have an air, uh, a W2 job, that's an, like an hour job or salary job. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's go with an hourly job. P people who check out, they, they clock out. They still think about work off in their right. off time, but they're not right. getting paid for it because they're hourly employees. Right. Right. Yeah. If you're a salary worker, that's very common to think about job when you come home. Um, like for example, when you're a police officer or whatever, mm -hmm. you probably are still reflecting on the day, right? Oh yeah. Of course. And I know for a fact when I was in the military and you, you know, this too, mm -hmm. um, you're not, it, you're very rarely off. Right. I mean, like it just seemed like the military was your whole life, you know? Yeah. And you're not now you're you're getting salary so you're not getting paid for it either because you know you just you're on salary right, right. so you're not getting right. paid extra but when you're your own business owner it's i guess it's a little different because you feel like you have more responsibility and control right of the outcome like if yeah. you don't solve this problem it's not going to get solved yeah, it's uh, it's up to you. There's nobody coming to save you. There's yeah. no, you know, you don't. The senior chief doesn't have your back. You know, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you don't have people like. I mean, you'll have peers that are running their own businesses, but right. if you're running a business and you're by yourself, you don't have anyone in the trenches, you know, fighting it with you. I mean, you got your team, but yeah. Um, yeah. you know, and, and I would say my team is pretty loyal, and I can rely on them for for certain things, but it the end of the day it's like it's it's my thing they have the opportunity to find something else um for me so, it's a little bit different so when you're grinding away still like when you're relaxing right mm -hmm. but you're still in the grind a bit yeah yeah how much of that is fear how much of it is enjoyment i think it all depends what's going on like right now it's i wouldn't say fear um I tr okay. try to stay away from the fear. It's more like concern, you know, mm -hmm. like I got a problem. Um, you know, yeah, I could go down the fear pipeline or um, the rabbit hole of fear, but I've learned that mistake before, hmm. you know, when you make decisions, when you have fear in your mind, you just kind of screw things up, you know? Um, but if you realize a concern and like, okay, there is a solution to this. And bringing the faith into it, I know this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and um, I just need to keep my mind open of the opportunity or the solution. If I got fear in my mind, I'm not going to see it because I'm allowing a negative force overtake my mind, and I can't do that. Yeah. So that's a that's a constant battle. Um, you know, obviously when when things are a bit rough, uh, you know that's that's where I'm at. That's kind of like my my battle space in my mind when things are going well um 
that's when it's like, I'll still talk about work because I love it. And I'm like, oh, we can do this now. We can do that. You know, what about we bring so-and-so on our team and we could do all these different things, you know, just ideas and ideas and ideas, right? Um, so it all depends on the season that I'm going through. If it's tough, it's kind of the concern. If it's if it's good, then I'm thinking ideas and, and growth and all that stuff. Makes a lot of sense. So mindset is a huge aspect mm-hmm. of this whole entrepreneur thing. How do 100%. you how do you get in the right mindset? For me, I I know I know myself. Uh, you know, being self aware is very important. Understanding that you can be like for me, I've always been plagued by fear. Um, can't tell you what the source is. Maybe it's from my parents. Whatever, I'm not sure. I just know that I have it in me. I think we all do at certain levels. And um, for me, I wake up in the morning, I'll do reading, you know, I, I get it. Like whatever I read depends on how I feel. Like if I'm in a place right now where I feel like right. I could get fearful, I read a book that's more inspirational. You know, I just read a book um, by Erwin McManus. It was the fourth time I read it called the last arrow. And it's all about uh, leaving nothing for the next life. And it's not a, you know, it's just like a, 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 um, a subtitle stating like, Hey, you only have this one life. Do go all out and do everything you can. Like that's our responsibility in life. And so I read that. That was inspiring. I do read books like that. I get a vision board. I'll read the Bible. I'll reflect. I'll journal every single morning. Are you and having coffee my... while you do this or water? Mm-hmm. Or what do you, what do you do? What are you Both. doing? Yeah. Having coffee. Yeah. Okay. Coffee and water. Well, I'll wake up and I'll have like this green juice. I'll drink that um, coffee and water. I'll do my reading. My, my normal routine is read. I'll read a book, read a Bible. Um, do my uh, journal and then I do my vision board and then, um, then I could start my day. And then what's, typically what's after in the green, what's in the green stuff. I just started taking it. It's called athletic greens one uh, made in New Zealand. It's something that Joe Rogan was, has been promoting. Okay. So um, micro yeah, what's that? Is it microgreens like stuff like chopped up kale or something or grain? it's just like, it's a powder. It's a powder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't get into the science of it. I just, I just bought it. <laughs> <laughs> makes a difference uh i feel pretty good about it but you know i've only been doing that for three days so you know hard to say but um okay. but yeah uh but yeah i mean that's what i do for mindset um just being aware of where my mind is and feeding it what i need to feed it yeah. to get to the right place um but yeah that's that's what i do being and i listen to you know like craig rochelle says you're you're your mind is going to go in the direction of your strongest thought or something like that. And, you know, that's important. Like, what are you dwelling on? Is it something that's fearful? Is it negative? Is it um, self-limiting? Are you talking negative about yourself? If, if that's the strongest thought in your mind, then that's where you get, your day is going to go. And I got to be careful of that. So yeah. it makes me really pay attention to what I'm reading in the Bible. I'm reading the book of James now. And it's talking about, you know, when you pray, you got to have faith and you can't, doubt it because your person, you know, I'm paraphrasing here, but you know, if, if you're going to pray for something, you have to have faith that it's going to happen. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, business is struggling. Do I pray for, um, you know, my business while at the same time worry that we're going to go under, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, I don't want to go that route. So I have to really read things like that to really put my mind in the right place. 
Well, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible, though, about crying out to God, and they're yeah. not they're not you know self censoring at all, like in the Psalms. I mean, yeah. he's he's crying out to God. He's in danger. Yeah, yeah. His life is in danger. Mm-hmm. And if you really feel that way, then you know, certainly do. And like for example, I, I'll when I type type out my prayers in my my journal because I think it's important to kind of document all that stuff for my kids and whatnot. And I will say, like, I'm afraid you know, but, uh, I'm afraid because I'm trying to take control here. And I realize these things I'm trying to take control and it's not for me to control because this journey is not mine. And, and I believe that I've got these visions and dreams and desires because God put them there and it's my job to go after them. And I can't allow fear to keep me from doing that. But at the same time, it's still feel this way. Right. So it's, it's, partly admitting how I feel, being aware of how I feel, but at the same time, like acknowledging that, like, God, I know you're in control here. I know you got this, but I am also afraid. Yeah. I think what I hear you saying, I'm taking away from this is that fear can be a habit, can be a bad habit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just like junk food or whatever. Yeah. And you can get so used to it. And then you don't realize that you're a lot of times you go to fear, not because you actually are in danger, but it's just because what you're used to doing. Just exactly. like you're hitting that T bell, mm-hmm. and you, you know you're used to having that that burrito supreme, and you know <laughs> you, you know you're used to getting the the big gulp or whatever the Slurpee. Yeah, I mean I don't have that problem, but uh, I, I know people that do. Sure. And then when you break that habit, like if you don't do T bell for a while, for like six months, you actually don't even crave it anymore, and exactly, it's kind of like yeah. that with fear. It's like you you train yourself out of it you train yourself to look for a solution mm-hmm. or be more or say something positive say right. say a few positive statements that are true yeah can't you yeah. can't bs it you can't bs yourself right yeah it's gotta exactly. be true <laughs> it's mm-hmm. gotta be true so yeah. but uh can you show us a, a vision board because i i'm trying to get get an idea of what that is is it something we can look at can you show uh, us? I'd have to peel it off my wall, but um, oh, okay. essentially what I have, I'll, I'll, I'll explain mine, but what I have. Uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be nice if we could see it, but if you can't, if yeah. it's too much. Let me, uh, let, let me go see if me I to can pause peel it? it real quick. Yeah, sure. Pause it. I can hear you. Yeah. Can you hear me? You got me? Yeah. <laughs> okay let's see this right. uh, vision yeah. board all right so so it's an actual board okay yeah so yeah it's an actual board and then you put photos and stuff on it and a lot of people do it um is it a for me is it cardboard what is it made of it's like uh you could do anything but i'd t- use like a foam board because it's mm-hmm. firmer and then i put these velcro things on the back and i hang it over on my wall I'm going to describe and, it for people listening. It's about a quarter inch thick. It looks like it's about what? Three by two and a half, something like that. Uh, or three yeah, by something th- like that. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's not, I mean, you can easily hold it in your hands. It's not too big. Yeah. It's just something that you, your kids would use at a school project or something, you know? Right. And it's got several images and they're all lined up perfectly. Yeah. Um, you can do it any way you want. I just like things being a little bit more in, in order. Okay. Yeah. So for mine, um, I had certain things I want to hit, like what my business will look like, um, certain things I'll be doing this year, financial goals. And so, uh, you know, I start off 
by going to, when I go over it, I, I go in a certain order. I read this on top. It says, I'm going to change the world. And then this image here is a picture of me with like this book title that says how I built a $10 million business. Um, and then I'll just say, I'm going to build a $10 million business. And then I, I'm going to run the Marine Corps 50K marathon in October. So I have photos of that. So the, I look at these three and I'm saying, I'm going to run it um, on October 29th. I'm going to finish it. And I'm going to finish it in 630. Um, I have an RV, picture of an RV here. This is something that I want because I'm going to create memories with the family. Um, money goals on the side for the company, for myself. I want to take the family to Puerto Rico for Christmas. So I got a picture of the hotel I want to stay at with the Puerto Rican flag. And then one day I want to have my own office building. So I got a picture of an office building with office spaces. I want to own that building and I want to rent spaces out to uh, other businesses. And the reason I want to do that is if I can rent out those places to other businesses who are in the trade, smaller businesses, then we can have like this incubator of business development for people in the trades and we can learn from each other and grow, grow together and use each other as, you know, subcontractors and stuff. So um, that's why that's on there. Okay. And that picture of yourself, did you have a gold tooth or was that, was I imagining that? <laughs> no, that was an imagination. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't have a gold tooth. Okay. I don't have a gold grill in that. Not yeah. a desire of mine. Well, I, if I, I don't know how, I wouldn't know how to do a vision board because mm -hmm. I really want to have a lisp and I don't know how to put an image of that <laughs> on there. That's one of my goals. I've been working on it for a while. Well, you can create a vision board and just say it out loud with a lisp yeah, and it just reinforces it. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> it seems a little abstract, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, my vision board would probably be really boring. It would probably just have like a book on it mm -hmm. that I want to read and like a bunch of guns. Yeah. Some pocket knives, a lisp. <laughs> I would say my, if my kids looked at mine, even Linda, they'd be like, okay, yeah, it's business. It's yeah. you know, uh, running. Like to them, it's boring. But for me, it's like inspiring. The running thing, did you say it's a 50K? So that's like 30 yeah. miles, right? Yeah, 30 miles, 30-ish miles, yeah. And you want to do it in six hours? Did you Six say? and a half. Yeah, Jeez. I think I can. I mean, I did a full marathon. I mean, I'm not like full-on training. Um, I'm preparing myself. I'm not like training. So I did a marathon. The best time I got was 4.59, in a regular marathon. I did the Boston Marathon a few years ago. And that's how how many miles again? 24? 26.2. 26, okay. So add five more miles-ish to that. Um, I'm giving now, myself why, in it. What is, the, what is the point of this? Because this sounds like a real pain in the ass. Yeah, it is. That's the So why do you do it, it then? <laughs> you do hard, hard things on purpose, and the rest of the things in life seem a little bit easier. Uh -huh. So I find hard things to do like this. And I do it because when I hit other hard things that are not on purpose, I look back on things like, okay, I did an ultra marathon at the age of 48. I can handle this. So, and it's not a one and done thing. Like I've done hard things in my life in the past, but I choose to continually do hard things. So I still have that same mindset of, I can still do this. So that's why I'm doing it. 
So it's all about mindset. Mm-hmm. Okay. Everything. Yep. How how much would you say mindset is the key to unlocking success in your entrepreneur stuff? I would, for me personally, I think it's everything because if, if I get the wrong mindset, I'm for me, because I'm the first person in my family that I know of who broke out and became an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of that's rewiring true. in my mind. See, I know your I family. Mm-hmm. I know your family. So I know that's true. They're all W2s, right? Mm, yeah. And your dad and was a W2. My dad, my mom, and you know, just everyone in my extended family too. I don't know of anyone who had their own business. Um, so I'm breaking away from the norm in my family. So there's a lot of rewiring in my mind that I have to do. But so for me, mindset is is 100% necessary to stay on top of for, let's say, for example, someone whose family, all they did was entrepreneur work. It makes sense to them. Maybe they don't have to focus so much on it like I do. I don't know. Yeah. But for me, I do because there's a lot of rewiring I have to do um, in order to achieve what I want. That makes sense. Yeah. Gosh, how long were you doing this entrepreneur stuff before you figured that out? I, I realized it before when in nine. How long? How many years have you been doing it right now? Um, in October it'll be four years. Okay, four years in October, so still fairly new, right? Um, yeah, but I realized the whole mindset thing before I started because. Um, when I left the military and police department, that transition was rough and I had to figure out like, okay, everything that I'm going through, all the depression and all the BS that I was going through was all the source of the problem was in my mind. So I had to figure that piece out. So I read a book called, uh, called excuses be gone by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And that was a huge book that really helped me understand the difference between your conscious mind, your subconscious mind. And then using that to experiment, using my conscious mind to rewire my subconscious mind. And then from there, I just kind of looked for books or YouTube videos or seminars that were in line with that message to help me get to a higher level of understanding and a higher level of me being able to be on top of my own mind. Um, What's There's the name book, of that book again? Excuses Be Gone. Okay. And then I think it's Dale Carnegie wrote the book, Own Your Own Mind. That was a huge book for me as well. In fact, I'm going to be reading that again here pretty soon. Um, so those two things, um, and they all say similar messages talking about the conscious and subconscious mind. They just have different tactics and different things I could use to help um, understand like, okay, I'm thinking this right now, but that doesn't mean I have to hold on to that thought. It doesn't mean who I am. That's not my story. So recognize I've got this thought it's there, but I don't like it. So I'm not going to hold on to it. And I'm going to think purposely think about something else to get my mind diverted from that thought I don't want. Mm-hmm. So I started doing that to get away from the depression and all that from leaving the military and police department. And then, um, just using the same tools as I go through this entrepreneur life. I notice you're reading a lot of books and there are a lot about entrepreneur stuff. It seems like the, there's a whole industry of entrepreneurs 
mm-hmm. and just talk to other entrepreneurs. Yep. And anybody who's waited in the podcasts and waited into these books and stuff figures that out pretty quickly if you're paying attention. Does that yeah. ever affect you? Does that ever do you ever feel like that's kind of weird? What's that? By the way, I'm you look at the pen I'm using <laughs> government issue for pen, you. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> using a skillcraft US yes, government. They, these are these are really good pens though. Yeah, they're okay. I'm glad to see they're still being used well. <laughs> um so uh, your question was what what was being seemed weird to me? Oh, I I mean to me I, I just it's like when I look when I look at the entrepreneur stuff and I I look at the podcasts and I look at I, I, you know, I look at, um, people in that, uh, the way business people talk in that space, right. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of the industry seems to be almost like an ingrown toenail, like where it's, it's directed at itself. It's like, Mm -hmm. because there's so many people that hate their jobs, there's a rich market for people trying to help them like figure out if they want to quit their job and go be an entrepreneur. And, uh, the mindset part of that is probably a huge chunk of that. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I would say, does that ever affect you knowing that? Does it, does it ever make you feel like this whole thing is kind of suspicious? <laughs> no, I don't think I mean, so. I know that you have a real business. You're not, you're yeah, not just yeah. speaking, you're not speaking to other, I mean, you have a real service that you perform. So I, mean, I think like now, because of, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm only like three and a half, four years into this, yeah. but you know, you learn when you're doing this, you learn a lot in that short yeah. amount of time. Right. I bet. But you know, I can kind of tell when I talk to people and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm reading this book and I'm, I'm going to, you know, start my own business, do this, this, and this. But then, you know, I'll ask them like, you know, um, just some more questions about what they want to do and what's their plan. And, and, you know, as we go down this, this questioning, I'm like, okay, I know they're not going to do anything because they're too attached to their W2 or, or, or whatever it might be. Like they're just too afraid. They get all these ideas, but they're too afraid. I can, I can sense that fear in them. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine. I mean, and I'm not judging them at all. I mean, there's a lot of people, there's people who need to be a W2. I mean, I need people who want to be W2s to be in my company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like not everyone is supposed to have their own company. Um, but I do believe there's a lot of people out there who have that desire and that capability but they are plagued by the fear because we are preached to from a very young age that you're supposed to go out and get a job by the teachers, the school system. And there's very little of, Hey, you know what, if you want to build something on your own, this is how you do it. There's nothing like that. So I think, Mm. um, yeah, because of that, there's a lot of messages going out to people with those who's being plagued by fear. And that helped me out a lot. That helped me come out of like, okay, I need to do these certain things in order to become an entrepreneur. I need to let go of certain things. I got to let go of the safety net. Um, but uh, I'm not sure if this is answering your question or not, but um, you know, I, I think it's a good message for some people who need it, but I think there's a lot of people who still need and want and should be a W2 because that's, you know, I need W2 people in my company. Mm-hmm. Can you give an example of uh, something in your conscious mind that helps you master your subconscious mind, break bad habits? 
putting you on the spot, yeah. I know, but I can. Okay. I can. Right. So I when I'm working and, and I come across something that makes me mad, makes me whatever, it just puts me in a mood. And, <laughs> and it you know And it that could, could be anything, everybody. <laughs> it could be anything. It could be anything. It could. It could be yeah whatever it could be an email that came in and i read it the wrong way and it pissed me off and i'm like pissed right and i and it affects me and that happens a lot unfortunately but i have like all right let me reread this again make sure i'm getting it right <laughs> but um so you know a lot of times i'm working from home in the office and it's summertime and it, yeah. it's just not recent it's over this last year where my boys will just be who they are you know I come out of the office. I'm deep in thought about whatever's making me mad. And dad, my iPad's not working. You know, like Wi-Fi is messed up. This game is glitch or whatever. Like they're, they're pissed off about their own thing. Yeah. And the easy thing would be to like, would you knock it off? Like, you know what I mean? Just yeah, kind of like, sure. um, yeah. but I find myself early on identifying like, okay, I feel like I'm about to lash out on my kids but the way I feel is not their fault. And they're too young right now to understand how to resolve their own problems. Right. But I know how to. So I need to like block or take my problem, put it on the bookshelf and focus on what I need to do to help out my kids. So I've been doing really well at that over the last year. So that's one area where my mind is programmed to just like, ah, don't talk to me. I'm pissed off about this to now it's like subconscious mind or my conscious mind saying, Hey, that's not their fault. Put this problem on the shelf and go help them out. So that, yeah, that, that would be an example. Well, that probably helps your business too, because if your kids are happier, cause you're nicer to them. Yeah. And you're, and things are better at home. That's going to make everything smoother for the business. Yeah. And, and that same exercise that I do with my kids, I do with the, my team, right? Because I can easily get pissed off at them for something that's not their fault. So I have to like put that on the bookshelf and, and say, Hey, um, I'm, I'm here. What do you need? Let's, let's talk about whatever it is you're stuck on and help them out. And I'll, and I'll tell you, like doing that and focusing on their problem and helping them resolve it gets me out of that funk. And then I'm able to approach that other problem of mine with a different perspective of like, okay, I just solved some, some problem here. Let's just approach this without being pissed off and see what we can do. And a lot of times I'm able to like resolve it and like, Oh crap, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was. I'm totally misunderstood this whole situation. Yeah. yeah. I've been there myself many times. <laughs> yeah. So how many people do you have working for you? Uh, take eight? a sip of your coffee. I saw you. Going for yeah. No, I got a sip. Well, this is this is cup or number is four today. Is it no, whiskey? Not, not yet. No, no, that's tonight. Um, but I've got eight people on my team. How do you afford to have all those people? Like, I mean, that's one of the things that, like, I'm a total idiot with business, but mm. like, how do you? That's the first thing I think of is that's a lot of money coming out the door. How do you have that? Or, I mean, do you feel like you just need them, or otherwise you can't get anything done? Well. Um, that I know yeah. nothing about your business, but I just know that sure. you just started it. So I'm, I just, you know, like, right. like I, six I months ago or first. something. 
Yeah, I struggle at first to hire someone, but and, and this is actually what I was speaking at the Builders Expo last last week of how to scale your team or how how to scale your business with a team with a remote team. So, what I did was, um, my business coach had a property management company down here in Houston, and he um, had a bunch of employees, and his, I think his uh, payroll is like sixty percent of his revenue, which is really high. The only place you should have a high um, payroll like that would be like in a childcare center, which would be like 60, 65% of your revenue goes towards payroll because there's regulations. You have to have certain teachers, amount of teachers per children per, per child, or you know what I mean? Right. So, but for this, it's like, you don't need to have a certain ratio. So um, they came across, I can't remember how they found out, but anyway, they, they got, they started using remote team members and remote team members would be anyone outside of the U.S. And their focus was on Mexico because there was a lot of people in Mexico who lived in the U.S. Their English is really good. The U.S. is more used to the Mexican culture than they are in other parts of the world. And uh, they're also in the same time zone for the most part. So they hired a very large team in Mexico. And so when I started my company, he was like, okay, cool. Let's 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 start hiring you some people. Um and the first person I wanted to hire was an executive assistant because they are the extension of me. Anything that I'm doing, they're doing. So like all the administrative work that needs to be done, anything that I have to remember, I don't have to worry about it because the EA is doing that for me. So that was my first hire. And when um, you compare the US uh, rates compared to like my, my team is in Mexico, um, you can hire two or three remote team members for the price of one U.S. base employee. Now, I like having a local team. I like hiring Americans and stuff. But when you're a startup business, it's very difficult to deal with. You know, the minimum wage in Washington was $15. So <laughs> you know, yeah. you're going to get a minimum wage worker for 15 bucks and you're going to ex expect them to do all these things. You're like, well, I could go flip a burger and make the same amount and not be so stressed, right? So... That was one thing, you know, uh, workers comp and all the other stuff that comes with it. It's just, it really hurts the small business yeah. and I needed to grow this thing. So, um, you know, I was able to, for example, what I, uh, what I spoke about at the expo last week was if I had my team here in the U S I would be paying $36,000 a month in payroll, which is a lot like a small business. That's a lot of money, man. And, um, but because I'm using remote team members, I'm still getting the same quality work, great people, English skills are there. I'm getting everything I need done, and I'm only paying twelve thousand a month in payroll. And so that's you, a, that's a huge difference. Yeah. And are you paying them comparably well for what the wages are for where they live? I'm paying. So, so um, they're happy. They are happy. It's so if if they were to get a local job. First of all, they would have to leave their house and they would have to, um, they wouldn't be making as much money as I'm paying them. I'm not paying a million dollars, you know, I'm paying them a fair wage um, and I'm allowing them an opportunity to work from home. Majority of my team are stay at home moms right. and they have skills and they want to work, but they quit their careers so they could support their husbands. And so I offer them this position and they're just absolutely amazing. And That's they good. can handle the job while I'm doing how things did, like how this. How did they learn English in school? Um, well, like 
you, you've spoke to Ismar over email. Ismar grew up in Dallas, so she moved down to Mexico with her husband, and she lives down there now. So, you know, she sounds like an American. Um, Fernanda just went to school K through eight, and it was all English. So in Mexico. So that's how she how, learned how do you find these people? There's a third party that helps you. Yeah, you can, there's agencies you can go through, which can be a, a bit expensive. Um, but what I use is uh, my friend Pete. Um, he, he was the uh, partner who owned that big property management company down here who I learned from. Um, so he's created his own um, marketplace platform where uh, there's like tens of thousands of remote team members on there who have these amazing skills that you can create your profile, go on there, search for you know certain skills that you're looking for. Is that free and it, to you? Is that free to you, or do you pay a fee? It's free to us, free to all employers who nice. wants to want to use it. And then the way they get paid is how does um, he? How does he run the site? Does he doesn't make money on it? He makes money. So the way they make money is that um, whenever somebody, an employee, a remote team member, creates their profile, they understand that a percentage of their pay is going to go towards VPM for the convenience. Oh. Right. And so that's how they make their money. So they, I think it's like 10%. So, you know, all their fees are transparent. There's no hidden fees or anything. Um, so that's how they make it. And it's, it's a win-win for everyone. Um, wow. And I, I like using them because they solve my payroll issues. They do time cards. They do all kinds of great stuff that as a business owner, I'm like, I don't have to worry about it because VPN's got it. So this third party does your payroll. Yeah. So my team will no go kidding. on to VPM uh, and do their time cards. I go on to VPM, I approve them, and VPM automatically pulls money out of my account and pays them and puts it into their account. So the trustworthiness issue, because that would be the first thing I was thinking is how do mm -hmm. I know I trust these people? Yeah. The trustworthiness issue is kind of a, a, a community vetting kind of a thing. Like, yeah. I mean, there's, there's, like, you don't want to, they, they don't, they have an incentive not to, get burned by doing something stupid or being dumb yeah and right. their their incentive is that they want to have a good reputation in this space exactly yeah yeah gotcha. yeah okay. a lot of us some people who, who are using remote team members we do talk we do know each other like you know so i mean not everybody but you know if there is a remote team member who were, was up to no good word would get around pretty quickly and plus we would just let VPM know, and I'm sure VPM would probably take them off their platform. Do they take care of your taxes too? How do they, I mean, how do you know what tax form to send them? And like, I don't even the, understand how that works. For the remote team members? Yeah. Are they 1099s or what are they? Uh, if they're in the US, it'd be 1099. So when they, uh, the remote team members can log into VPM and pull down all their uh, pay reports that they need for their banks and if oh, they're okay. apply for a house or whatever. So they deal with their taxes on their own. You don't need to send them a form or anything. Yeah, that's totally on them, and that's in their contract that taxes are is totally on them. Oh, they have a contract. Yeah, I have a contract with all my team members. Huh. Yeah. And how do you come up with what's in the contract? Um, I just used one that's from my my network that they use. Are these stupid questions? <laughs> just like... No, no, not at all. I mean, it's it, it's interesting. It's like I was totally talking about this last week, and these are the questions that the people attending should have been asking me. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, I'll, I'll give this podcast a VPM and they can put it on their, their channel too. And, and uh, say, <laughs> hey, learn more about VPM on the... <laughs> well, that's the, the first thing I would wonder is, do I need yeah. to get a, an attorney for this? Because that's money out the door and I... I don't well, so like that, I don't like attorneys. Well, here's a great thing, like for, and I, I, I'm very close with Pete. I went to Pete. Pete's the owner. I went to Pete's house on Saturday. Went for a nice long run and talked business. Um, and they have an attorney here in the U.S. They who has question or answers to all those questions, and they have an attorney in the, in Mexico for any of the team members down there that hey they have questions about taxes or whatever. Is this legal? Is it not? They have a, uh, an attorney in Mexico who can answer all those questions. And bottom line is everything is legit. It's good to go. Um, and if someone has concerns and they want to use remote team members, they can certainly talk to the team at VPM and they can get into the legalese about it. Awesome. How did you get to know Pete first time? He was my business coach's business partner. So the first thing you got to do is get a business coach. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I I think everyone if you're in a business you should have a coach of some kind. That sounds a little okay. So let's talk about mindset as far as getting a coach because like where do you start? There's seems like everybody and their brother is coaching. Yeah, and um, how do you get a coach for how to find a coach? You know, it's like where do you start? You know. Mm -hmm. um, well, for me it was easy. I think it was easy anyway because uh, I was getting into property management. And uh, Steve, he created with Pete and sold their property management company in seven years, and they sold it for multi-million dollars. So I wanted to really just kind of learn from somebody who's done what I wanted to do. So yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's and, easy. Any anybody can do that. Anybody can sell. Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wish I did. I didn't, but. Um, but yeah, so that I, I found him and even that, like, even though I trusted him, even though I knew him, even though he's done what I wanted to do, I came out here like 18 months ago for a two day event and uh, he was in the back of the bus. So I'm like, I'm going to go back there and I'm just going to drill him with a bunch of questions, like all day long, just drilling him with questions. Like, well, what about this? Like, how would you handle this? You know, I wanted to make sure that like, if I'm going to invest in this, it's going to be legit. See me. And yeah, when I was done. I was still like, eh, can I just read a book and watch YouTube videos and all this stuff and kind of learn it on my own? You know, like I'm a smart guy. I could figure things out. But what I realized is that you can read a book, but you can't ask a book a question. You can watch a video, but you Well, you really can, can't. but you look like a total idiot. <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, you can. And especially if you do it with a lisp, right? But um <laughs> So I just decided, I'm like, you know what, this is what I'm doing. This is the life I want. And this is my direction. So, you know, everyone's heard, oh, Michael Jordan's got coaches. Tiger Woods got coaches and they're the best in what they do. Like, okay, well, yeah, I want to do that too. So why not? Let's, let's do this and, uh, and learn from him. And so, so how do you find a coach and how much does it cost? And what, how do you know whether you're getting good deals at just trial and error? Um, I would say you, you'd want to interview a few people that are in the industry that you're working. I would say that's important. If someone's in the industry, not in your industry and they don't understand it, it might be kind yeah. of difficult, but even though they might bring a unique perspective and, and some good ideas, they're still not in your industry. So, um, yeah. being in your industry is one, like for me, 
there, there's a quite a few coaches I talked to. I, I like coaching. So I talked to a coach not long ago. Um, and I was talking to him and I'm like, I like what he's saying. I like all these different strategies, but then I was seeing how, and this sounds kind of bad, but like, how, how are they in their personal life? You mm-hmm. know? And I got a glimpse of his personal life and I don't want to get to, um, you hired a private investigator to, no, I didn't do that on your coach. No, we well, just, this is we getting talk- expensive. Yeah. I, I didn't, you know, and I, I wasn't going to hire him. I was, I was looking to be a part of a, a different ma- mastermind to help, you know, uh, broaden my network of things. But I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, I don't know if I want to be attached to that. And if there's drama associated with what's going on in his world, I don't want that to be to my, my business to be affected by that in any way, you know? So I kind of stood away from that. And then anyway, you got to go, you got to know what you want. You have to like, look at the coach say, is this person been where I want to go? Um, are they, do they understand my industry? Do, do they understand marketing and sales? If they're just purely operations, then I would I would want someone who's kind of well-rounded. How do you get leads? You, you don't have a business if you don't have leads. If you don't know how to sell, you're not going to have any operations. You're not going to make any money. So it all starts with marketing. Do they understand that? Can they help you with, when you struggle with marketing? Um, so things like that. Like I and, I and I searched for someone who was different than me. So like, for example, Steve, where he understood my industry, I was more operationally focused. He's kind of a sales marketing guy and I'm weak in that area. So I'm like, okay, it makes sense to kind of have him teach me something. So for example, you know, the microphone, right? I got the microphone because of him. I got this fancy camera. It's not my computer camera. It's my, whatever this camera is because I quality, right? Right. When if I'm talking to clients, makes you look good. Because I happen to like, know in real life, you're you're actually pretty ugly. But this camera <laughs> actually makes you look really good. I could not tell you're ugly. No, I can it, tell it, you it have does. like a light on or something. Like, do you have one of those round light? Things? I've got a uh, LED light up here. It's fun. Like, yeah, I, I can't move the camera around, but I got. It two looks like big natural LED. light. Yeah, well, I've got the LED. I got this open. I got my above head light on, but lighting, sound is important. I got two LED lights over here and a green screen. I mean, I got all that stuff because- Is that all under marketing then? It's all under marketing because what I do is I use all that stuff to create videos on YouTube, uh, all my social media stuff. And um, so, yeah, that's that's part of the whole marketing campaign stuff. And, and looking professional, because if yeah. you look professional, then people say, okay, look, this guy really cares about what he's doing. He's investing in in his stuff. So I can, it, and that all starts there, right? The marketing part. And looking good, people start trusting you from okay. that point on. I yeah. So that makes anyway, that that's why I kind of I uh, went uh, towards him is mainly because he understood my industry and he was strong in areas where I was weak. I know that we're winding down on a hard stop you have, but I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you, uh, give you a chance to pee and all that stuff for your next. No, I'm good, man. I'm good. You you pee during your next meeting? Wow. Like, do you have a bottle that you have? <laughs> I carry my computer with me. It's all good. We're a close okay. team. So um, I guess uh, the question I was thinking about this whole time that I wanted to ask you was, is there 
a takeaway from the first six months or whatever you've been in Houston and with this new business, do you have like a big idea that you've, that you've come upon like a good takeaway? I hate when people call it a tip because I hate that. I hate yeah, tips. Yeah. I don't want a tip. What are you talking about? I just want to know a lesson that you've learned. You know? My biggest lesson. Yeah. 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 My biggest lesson is our company has done well and it's done well because we had a network of people who wanted our service. Congratulations. Wow. Well, so you picked the right place, the right business, the right market. How would you, well, so that, I mean, yeah. What's the takeaway? What's the, the takeaway is this. So when the economy turned, the network of people we were serving, it just kind of put a pause on things and put a pause and they were just like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm going to do renovations or anything just yet. I'm going to try to rent these things out as is. Right. So what the lesson is, is that even though a company, like if there's a business owner and they're doing well, like, Oh, we're, we're all word of mouth. That's great. Your word of mouth. But what happens when that word of mouth kind of dries up? Mm-hmm. What, what other area are you investing in to bring in other leads, hmm. you know? And that's, that's kind of what we did. Not on purpose. Not that I was like cocky and like, Oh, we don't, we don't have to worry about marketing. We're doing all this with no marketing. It's just, we we're too, so busy that we didn't really put up a good marketing campaign that, and I wasn't good at it. Hmm. I, unfamiliar, I mean, they don't teach you that in the military. Right. So yeah. I, uh, we've been investing a lot of time and effort in marketing and pivoting from uh, investors to homeowners, not saying we won't work with investors anymore. We will, we understand them because we've done so much work with them, but we just don't want to serve an area of people where there's maybe right now they're just putting a pause on things until they feel more comfortable with the economy. Meanwhile, you got homeowners who are not buying a house and they're staying at home, but they're like, okay, we're not going to buy a house, but let's fix up the house we got right? Mm-hmm. I want their business. So now we're doing this big pivot. You know, We're on the other side of that pivot now where all of our marketing is towards them and we want their business. Oh. And so that's what we've been doing over the last several months. And that, makes sense with, of, that makes sense of the video I saw recently of you talking about your, I thought it was a very effective video about the bathrooms. Mm-hmm. You said, uh, it was a good point. Like you walk in your bathroom, it's the first place you go in the morning. Uh-huh. And if you hate your bathroom, that's how you're starting your day. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> I even exactly. laughed when you said it. You were like, uh, "If you know, this sucks." You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That sounds like good old Chris Ty from the Navy." The, you know, this sucks. You know. So I've got another. So I, I came up with that at uh, my BNI every morning uh, when we go to BNI. You have to do your 45 minute commercial. So I came up with that. Your bathroom sucks. And then I went up uh, the following week and did something about being embarrassed about your kitchen and that, you know, the newest pandemic is kitchen shaming and people being embarrassed about their kitchen and wondering what people are going to say when they leave and how we can help them out with those solutions. So, Oh, I haven't seen that one yet. I I don't know if that's been more of like the BNI stuff. I haven't done that on video yet. Um, But anyway, our focus is bathroom and kitchen remodels. Um, But we also have someone that we are partnered with who focuses only on new construction. So we got a few good leads that we're working on with that as well. So 
yeah, it's been a pivot. Like we went from investors only apartment complexes to now building houses and doing kitchen bathroom remodel. So it's construction, but it's a completely different uh, demographic and it's, it's, it's a different type of um, process too than it is what we're doing. So, yeah, I would say the biggest, the lesson in that is, you know, step away from your current situation, detach yourself and look at like, okay, where, you know, the SWOT analysis, what's my threat? Well, I'm focused too much on this group. This group can dry up. So what am I doing just in case that happens? And I need to do it now and not wait until I see warning signs. You see warning signs, it's a little too late. That sounds like good habits to develop. So basically you're trying to develop the right habits mm-hmm. and incorporate them and you're just, you know, you're operating, you're daily operating. So you're going to be able to weather whatever issue comes up. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I'm really interested in the drilling down at a little bit more detail about some of these other things. Um, maybe we could have you back at some point. Yeah, sure. Talk, yeah, talk I apologize for that. the hard stop. We just have something going on right now. We're like, okay, we need to talk about no, this no, today. It's, it's you're right in the thick of it. And that's exactly yeah. kind of like I, that. That's what I find interesting about your life and what you're doing. And, mm-hmm. and um, but thanks for coming on, Chris. Yeah. Hey, Luke, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. It's always good chatting with you. Yeah.